Hello and welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. Do you feel anxious in your relationships? Perhaps you see unhealthy patterns repeating in relationship after relationship. Or maybe you find yourself unintentionally sabotaging your relationships in a push-pull dance of connection and you're worried you're going to be alone. I certainly know that one. If any of this sounds like your experience, this podcast episode is for you. I'm Hayley, and in this episode, I am joined by Robin Michon, a relationship anxiety coach who's here to share her own experiences of dating and realizing that something had to change within her. Robin talks us through the anxious, avoidant and secure attachment styles, which we both believe is essential for you to know about if you're in a relationship. And she also shares ways that you can stop yourself from repeating unhealthy cycles of conflict within your relationship. Plus, she offers you permission to go after what you want, regardless of the messages we get from society. Robin is an absolute joy to listen to, and I'm confident that you're going to get so much out of this wonderful conversation. So let's hear from Robin now. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. It's lovely to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Would you like to start by sharing a little bit about what you do, who you help? Yeah, so I'm a relationship coach. I focus mainly on um, people who are feeling anxious in relationships. So it usually looks like thinking a lot about relationships, like it dominates a lot of their thoughts. They might have like intrusive thoughts, like they want to stop thinking about it, but they just can't which used to be me all the time. Um, and they're often the ones in the relationship that like over communicate actually. So they just keep trying to fix it, trying to fix it, trying to fix it. And they don't know how, and it's all really coming from like feeling anxious and from that emotion that kind of like, they want to fix it so bad, the relationship, and they want it to work so bad that it actually causes them problems in the relationship. So I help them learn how to stop doing that, how to like, really come back to the relationship with themselves, how to feel calm um, and how to know the difference between like what's actually a problem in the relationship and what's maybe just their anxiety and in their mind kind of causing problems or their fears causing problems. Oh, that's so interesting. So you mentioned that this is something that you experienced yourself. Can you tell us a little bit more about how anxiety showed up in your relationships, please? Yeah. That's why I got into coaching at first. Honestly, I, I really got the first time that I hired a coach, like before I knew I wanted to be a coach, I was just trying to win a guy back. That is totally why it was like up and down and it was up and down because I would get so anxious. So it would really feel great when I was with him, but he will talk about attachment styles and he was a little bit avoidant. So he would pull away fairly often. So it would be like so great when we were together, And then when we weren't, and sometimes it wasn't right. Like, I think in relationships, we also really like idealize and we have these stories about how great it was. But when I really look back, like it was fine. Like it was, there were good moments, but we really idealize it. And then when he would pull away or just like not text me back right away or something, I would get really anxious and I'd be wondering like, is he really into this? And just the biggest thing for me was that it really took away from the rest of my life. Like I would be so worried about it that even at work, I wasn't really showing up at work. Like I would sort of be there, but a lot of the time I was more like, has he texted me back yet? Like what's going on in the relationship or just like distracted by it. Yeah. So you were very much stuck in your head thinking about the relationship and it really dominated everything. Yeah. And I couldn't stop it. And I mean, I wouldn't, it wasn't like a lot of my clients too, like 
they'll be fairly successful. Like I actually had a really good job, like downtown job, like underground parking, all the things, but it was like, I just didn't, I couldn't like love my life and really live my life because I, I was always wondering like what's happening with this relationship, where is it going? And there were just so many issues, right? All the time, like my mind just came up with so many problems that it felt like whenever we were hanging out too, I was always talking about problems, mm. which really actually pushed partners away. Like I went through like a couple partners with all that anxiety while I was learning how to deal with it and how to not feel so anxious. And it would push them away because it was just so much for them. Like all the emotion that I was coming with was really hard. Like it was hard for them to manage too. Yeah. And what was it like for you? I, so for me, one of Kate, I was really bad. And I always say like, my clients don't have to be, if it's just bothering you like a little bit, come get help. Like you don't need to be awful, but I was really bad. Like I would go I would just act in ways that I didn't want to be acting. So I would text way too many times because I couldn't regulate. Like I didn't know how to stop. Actually, it was kind of compulsive at times, you know, when you're, especially in breakups or when things aren't going well, it's like, I put my phone in the other room, but it didn't help. Like I was just sitting there and I, you know, people are like, Oh, just like focus on yourself. And like, I have a son too. They're like, focus on your son. And like, you can't when you don't know how to, it yeah. just like really over, like kind of overtakes your mind. So showing up like that. Um, yeah. And just not like proud, like knowing that I wasn't showing up even in the relationship, how I wanted to show up and then getting really bad with breakups, like so bad, like depressed, not wanting to get out of bed, so anxious. And there's like a normalcy, like you, yes, it's normal to be sad with yeah. the breakup, but this was like extreme where it was like, couldn't go into work for like a, a while. And and just too much. Right. And I was like, this isn't working. And I knew that I kind of knew it was me, which made it worse almost, you know, cause you're like, you're thinking like, what's wrong with me. And part of you is like, I think there is something wrong with me. And until I knew it was really that I was anxious attached. And once I knew that I was able to kind of figure out like this, Oh, this is why I'm like this. Now I can do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive into what the attachment styles are then. What does this mean? I think it's really new to a lot of people. Yeah. And I, okay. I just think everyone should know about them, honestly, because it really helped me go from like, what's, what is wrong with me? Because obviously there was something wrong. I was like, I keep dating people. I can meet people, but the relationships are a disaster. Like what's happening here. So attachment styles are formed in childhood they're basically how we learn to love and what we think love is as a child. And the unfortunate part is like, for a lot of us, our parents, like if we think about, even especially with women, I think like generations ago, like I think about my my grandma and she was just kind of in survival mode. So mm-hmm. like tending to, she, she looked after her children, like she looked after my mom, but like the emotional needs, they weren't met, like she couldn't, right? She was just trying to like feed all these kids, and like get by basically. And then even with my mom, so my mom kind of learned from that, right? And her dad that was like, men were taught to not feel at all and that sort of thing. So she learned from that and then they kind of passed that on to us. And so I think it's really our, I don't wanna say our job, but like we have the ability to kind of unravel some of that now. So attachment styles are mostly formed in childhood. Sometimes if we're in a relationship too, it can affect our attachment styles um, and they can kind of shift. So there's three main ones. So there's anxious. 
So I was super anxious and anxious people think that I need love. I need to get love. Like love is the most important thing. And they're also thinking I might not be lovable at the same time. So there's a lot of fear, right? Because Mm. we're thinking I need love from outside people. I need love from my partner and I'm scared he's not going to love me. And that fear is what creates a lot of these really like undesirable behaviors. It's what creates the intrusive thoughts and the like, like, like so, so much energy coming to our partner that it's causing lots of problems, lots of issues, just from that thinking, like I might not be lovable and I need love from, from him or from her, like from the partner. So that's anxious. And then there's avoidant people. Avoidant people think that if they get too close, they're going to get hurt. So they're the people that in their life, they might've been really hurt, or maybe the parent just wasn't really providing them with care. So they were kind of like, well, screw it. I just don't need anybody then. And it's like in an unhealthy way, right? Like not from like a, like a sense of independence where we're like, oh, I know I can care for my needs, but more like no one, no one's going to look after me. So they tend to actually pair with anxious people. So you have someone who's like, well, if I get too close, I'm going to get hurt. And then someone who's like, I need to be super close. I need to be close. And they kind of do this dance, right? And they kind of like reinforce each other's underlying beliefs. So the anxious person's thinking like, I might not be lovable. And they see the avoidant person. They're not, the avoidant person can't actually really love them in the way they need to be loved. So they kind of do this back and forth dance of push and pull. And that's a lot of people that are struggling in their relationships have that those aspects. So yeah. a Anxious is like always talking about the relationship over communicating and the avoidant is the one that like shuts down, won't talk about, will often leave. Often it's like male avoidant and female anxious, but it's both ways too, but often it's like that. Okay. And and you mentioned there's a third as well. Yeah. And some people can be a mix of anxious and avoidant and both of those are insecure. So both anxious and avoidance, um, we sometimes in society think it's like better to be avoiding because it's more independent, but both of them are actually worried they might not be lovable, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the avoidant person's like, I'm just going to get hurt. So the other side of that is a secure attached person. So I was thinking about like, what do secure attached people think? And they're not thinking about relationships that often because there's so much stability. They just know they're loved and not necessarily by their per- by their partner all the time, so, but they know that they're loved. They're like, I know I can meet my needs. I know there are people in the world who love me. So that allows them to, if they're with a partner that's not a good fit, instead of chasing them like the anxious person would do, they'll just move away from them. Like they'll just be like, oh, it's not a good fit. Okay. Like, and have a really healthy breakup. It's still sad, but like have a healthy breakup and they'll be able to make things work a lot easier too. Because they're not coming from that really anxious energy. So they're just thinking, secure people are basically thinking, like, I know I'm loved. Yeah. I know I'm lovable. And that's the ideal, isn't it? I think from your description, I was probably a mix of anxious, avoidant. And I can, like, I can visualize myself, like, pulling towards a relationship, really wanting this, being really desperate for it, um, you know, sending the lots of texts and stuff. And then at the same time, completely sabotaging any chance I had of that relationship because I was so afraid that they were going to realize that I wasn't lovable and then I was going to get hurt. So the real push-pull dance going on there. Yeah. And that's, I think, the problem. Like when you say it's like we feel like we just sabotage it Mm. and it's so easy to get into that place. Like we're already thinking we're unlovable. 
And then we're seeing, we actually create evidence for it in our life by like doing this push pull thing, right? We actually create that, like, they're not loving me. And that was the hardest thing, right? Like having people say like, I can't make you happy. Like this isn't working when you're just so like, you're feeling desperate for the love Mm -hmm. and you're scared that you're going to get hurt. And like, when that happens, it's so, it can be so hard, right? Especially if we're already thinking we're not lovable, like, yeah exactly I've had conversations with people that you know I was doing this relationship dance with in the past and they were like I thought you just didn't like me and I was like no I was really into you I just I couldn't that's avoided (laughs) yeah yeah that's a key yes (laughs) when they don't know yeah yeah you know and I I find a lot of avoidant people the anxious people tend to be like really serial daters and we're I like to think about it. We're always all a mix too. Like I was really highly anxious and now I'm a little bit more avoidant sometimes. Um, But the avoidance, sometimes I find they just won't date at all because like they'll push it away. Right. And they'll end up being single and sort of be like, well, there's no good guys. Or like, I just don't know what's it. It always, the saddest part for me is it really, it makes us feel like there's something wrong with us. Yeah, that was the biggest thing when we don't know. Whereas when you know you're avoidant, it's like, oh, it makes sense. I'm scared of getting close. So the second I start to like him, I'll do weird things, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. When you think about what we've gone through in the past and how we have maybe come to to develop these ways of behaving and responding, it it, it makes total sense when I think about my childhood and how that has kind of played out in relationships over my life and even in friendships do you think that this applies to friendships as well yes so I talk about I'm like a definitive yes yes um (laughs) it actually shows up in all of our relationships in different ways um it's funny because actually like anxious in the work environment this is what I find is like the people that I work with are often like pretty successful at work. They might not think that, but like on the outside, you'd be like, they're pretty successful because that anxious, like is a lot of like people pleasing and in the workplace, they'll like overwork and they'll like figure out your exact needs. And though, so it kind of, um, it almost works for them in the workplace. Like it's not yeah, quite as yeah. like, probably there's some, like, it doesn't feel as good for them as it could, but it kind of works for them. And then when we do that in relationships, you can't like that, like pushing and working hard. And it actually pushes the person away. Like relationships are more, it's a journey, right? So that kind of energy that works in the workplace doesn't work for them. Yeah. Um, And yeah, friendships too, same thing. Yeah. And I think when we get stuck in that people pleasing mode, we can end up feeling resentful and, you know, not our most compassionate selves. And that can cause a bit of a block as well. And we kind of make up stories about the other person and their intentions. And we don't realize the part that we're playing in it. Yeah. You know, yes. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. Because we don't know how to leave. Like, okay, the anxious especially doesn't know how to leave and the avoidant too. Because Mm -hmm. when we're thinking like we're unlovable, it makes us really hard to love ourselves and to go to situations that it fits. And like, I think of so many fr- like friendships or work environments that I just stayed so long because I felt like if I left, there's something wrong with me. Like I have to make it work like this. I shouldn't be like this from not really knowing how to love myself. And then, it, yeah, it turns into resentment and it turns into like friendship breakups and like actual breakups and work where you're leaving and you hate the job. That's not right? It's just way, it makes life way harder. Yeah. And I think we've only just kind of got to a stage where it's 
okay it's acceptable to change relationships to change our jobs it wasn't so long ago we were expected to stay in these things forever and ever yeah yeah and that's one of the most like I hear that thought a lot when people talk about you know like even I just had a client that was talking about oh I wish my friendships like I want long friendships and I just think like as a society we need to question that like there's nothing wrong with that I have friends that I've known forever but actually that's one of the things in relationships too is like so we kind of have this expectation that it should always be this steady, steady line in our relationships. But what really happens is there's like ups and downs. So we'll feel more connected, less connected, more connected, less connected. And if we don't know how to allow for that, what happens is they'll, we'll feel less connected and then our attachment system will get activated and we'll kind of like, our brain will be like, oh no, danger. And we'll actually even disconnect even more. Mm. right and it'll cause more issues so we have these big hills instead of just like normal rolling hills and I think that that really helps knowing that like yeah relationships are supposed to like disconnect and reconnect and in friends and and in romantic relationships totally normal to do that yeah absolutely it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong it's just the way that relationships work um Mm -hmm. and partly you know we always make up this story that there's something wrong and we make it into a bigger thing than it actually is. Oh yeah. It causes so much pain. Right. Yeah. Cause then, and there's blame there, right? Like you, we're trying to figure out like, is it my fault? This didn't work. Is it their fault? Like, and we don't, instead of just being like, oh, we're just different, maybe a little bit, we're just in different places. So we're maybe a bit disconnected. So different. right? That sounds much more accepting. You know, this is just where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Hard to be there sometimes though. Like <laughs> when people are listening, it's like, that's, it's like a work and a process and learning how to do that. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned about getting triggered and mm-hmm. what do we do when we start to feel that we're getting triggered? Yeah. Okay. So our emotions, Kate, okay, in society, we're taught that emotions are created by our partner, especially in romantic relationships, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard. I find two parent child relationships are really hard like that. We really think that our partner should make us happy. And in that, it's not that you're, you shouldn't be happy with your partner, but we kind of blame that on them. So I know when I'm feeling like frustrated or disconnected, it's really easy to think like, oh, it's like, it's my partner. It's him. He's doing something. So what we want to do is, is break that and always go to like, okay, what am I thinking in my mind that's creating how I'm feeling and not from judgment, like not thinking I need to feel better, but just what am I thinking? So maybe he's like, I don't know, maybe he's like, oh, my, my partner lately has been working late. So maybe he's working late and not coming home when I think he should come home. Right. That's my thought. Right. So he's working late. And then, oh, I'm thinking he doesn't care as much, or I'm thinking he should be home already, or I'm thinking he's being disrespectful by not calling. Yeah. That's where we get our powers by looking at like, what's the story I'm telling about him being like later. And I think sometimes we don't want to look at that because it's scary because I have been in relationships where I just wanted to ignore the fact that like, oh, they actually don't really like, they're not as invested as me. And instead I just tried to get them to call me more instead of really looking at like and asking like what's going on and like kind of bringing that power back to me right being like hey what am I telling about this that alone will bring down the emotion because we have more control right like anxiety is because we feel out of control and I feel out of control if I have to control him to feel better I'm I'm it's I can't do that so it's like of course I'm going to be anxious 
Yeah. Okay. That's that, that's really interesting. That sense of trying to control someone. Often, I don't think we realize that we're doing that. No. <laughs> I, like, because I always like my clients are wonderful, wonderful humans, and they don't mean to control people, mm-hmm. but they'll just say things like, "He doesn't respect me, so he should do this to respect me." And it's like, oh, you're thinking in order for you to feel okay, he needs to act in a certain way which is control, right? Like, and it just really comes, like, if I really believe that I need you to behave a certain way for me to feel okay, of course, I'm going to try to get you to behave in that way. Like, of course, I'm going to actually, like, we end up kind of being manipulative almost, not, not out of like, um, like, uh, ill intentions, but like, I'm trying to get you to, to be how I want to be, right? Maybe I'm trying to get you to love me, Mm-hmm. Then I'll go into people pleasing, right? And like, try to tell you what you want to hear and like, try to like make myself in a certain way. So you'll like me. And that all comes from thinking that like you create my feelings, but yeah. actually it's this thing over here where, oh, it's my story about what you're doing. That's creating my emotion. And that's how we can get less triggered and kind of bring that emotion down. Mm. So there is that piece around, you know, understanding the story that you're making up. Yeah. And then also there is, I think, some self-soothing to to be done to create some space. Yeah. And like, I think in relationships too, we think that the partner can like make us feel better and give us what we need. But like, I find, and I do this work, right? Like I teach other people how to do it. And maybe only half the time I actually know what I need in a moment, like after all this time. So to expect someone else to know like he can't know, like maybe he guesses it right 10% of the time. Great. But like, really, like if I don't even know what I need and sometimes like, that's why it it is like, it's coming back to us and saying like, okay, what, how can I help you? Like, what do you need right now? And maybe it's like, if I'm feeling like I want a hug from him, maybe it's like wrapping myself in a warm blanket or like taking a bath. Right. Or maybe it is like, that's why self-love is so um, I was going to say hard, but like, I find it also really fascinating because sometimes I need to like, go have a bath or go have a snack or something. And sometimes I need to like work on the project I'm avoiding or like make a phone call or actually have the conversation in my relationship that I don't want to have. Like, that's why, that's why it's so important that we kind of can come back to ourselves and be like, what do I need? Even in the instance of like, when I was saying my partner was coming home late, it's like, a lot of times we think that, oh, I should just tell another story about that. Like I should just be fine with him coming home late then, or this other story where he's being disrespectful. And it's like, maybe there's another place. Like, maybe I just want need to talk to him about it from not like accusing, but just like, Hey, what's up with you? Like, are you feeling less engaged? What's going on? Right. Yeah. That's so good. I think one of the most impactful things that I've learned is from Brené Brown, where she talks about, using the phrase the story I'm making up oh yeah yeah and I think she talks about there's yeah with her partner that she's talking about like I'm thinking it means this yeah Yeah. and checking and it's so different because then you're checking you know what too I love about that is that we're scared to do that I think sometimes because we'll we know how our partner might respond sometimes it surprises us but we really get to know our partner. Like when I'm coming like that to him, like I'm telling myself you're less engaged in the relationship. Like I'm feeling like unsure what's, you know, I get to see his response and I learn a lot about him. And sometimes we don't like that. Like with my partner, he was like, Oh no, I think about you all day long. I just think in my head and I don't actually call you (laughs) 
or like, you know, he's actually been really overwhelmed with like homeschooling his son and like all that stuff. Yeah. But sometimes I've had partners in the past where um, the response wasn't good. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, that whatever I can, you know, I can work late. You don't prioritize my work. And like, um, sometimes we need to hear that. Like, sometimes it's a reflection of how we're coming to them. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'm actually right. This isn't working. I actually don't want to be in relationship with someone who responds in this way can also be the case sometimes, right? When we're really coming and we're really aware of how we're coming to the relationship. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's really hard to know if you are in the right relationship or if you're at a stage where you need to walk away, especially if you you doubt yourself, you're maybe disconnected with your intuition. So what do you say about that? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I would always say, like, we sometimes we get caught up because we think that there's a right answer and we get really scared. Like, if I leave this relationship, I might not find another one. This might have been the person that fear can keep us from leaving it. But I really believe that, like, there's lots of people out there that we could have a great relationship with. And like, I believe that my I'm the one that creates the relationship. Like I've really like cultivated that belief where like I create great relationships. So then it's not as dependent on that other person. So that makes it a bit easier. Right. And like learning how to have your own back. Like if you decide to leave something, you it's okay if you look back and you are like, oh, that could have worked if I'd done X, Y, Z, but I didn't know how to do that then. Like it's Mm. okay. It's okay to leave to learn. Like if you're really unsure and you leave, at least you'll be more ahead than just staying and being unsure too, right? So kind of like making it okay if we, that's back to what we were saying about relationships don't have to last forever. Yeah. Okay, right? That's a really lovely reframe. It's all about learning and that relationship is about, it's a container for you to grow in. It's not necessarily something that you need to stay in and, you know. Yeah, totally. And then when we have that, like when we're not coming from the fear of like, I have to stay to make this work. It sometimes just opens up that like, when we think we have to stay, that's where we don't want to stay. But sometimes when we let go of that, we actually do want to stay maybe. And maybe there's just like a couple things we can work on. And that's where like, I would hire a coach for me. Like if I was thinking about ending a relationship, I would hire a coach either way, because maybe there are things that I'm doing like so often I have clients and they're like, you know what, my partner's getting defensive and he's shutting down. I don't know why, like I'm not judging him. And then we unravel it and there are some judgments. They love their partner, but there are some judgments happening. And when we let some of those go, sometimes the the issues are gone then, right? The partner stops getting defensive. And sometimes it's not that. Like sometimes it is just, you know what, you're with someone that's really defensive that doesn't want to work on themselves at, right? Yeah. So kind of figuring out. And either way you learn, like I really do think that it's just about learning, like that. I think that's why we're here, right? Like I agree I agree, yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of the time we're responding in relationships not necessarily to what is happening in the moment, but to things that have happened in our past, the relationships that we've had with our parents. Mm-hmm. Um certainly what I've taken away from relationship um counseling. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, it's just all like that kind of that story that just like that story is just there, like from Mm. growing up and from childhood. Um, And I find you learn so much about yourself. And this is what I love about relationships is just that I learned so much about myself, like from all these different people I interact with. And like, when something really triggers me, it's so interesting to see like, why? 
Mm. Like, is it just that I'm actually not setting a boundary and like, I don't want to be treated this way. Is it like my own insecurity that it's bringing up? Like what's going on? It's so yeah. interesting. So you mentioned boundaries and when we are feeling this anxiety, we're much more prone to people pleasing and putting other yeah. people's needs or what we think their needs are before our own. So can you talk to us a bit more about boundaries? Yeah. So I think about it in terms of like emotional boundaries. So kind of back to what I was saying about like, so I am responsible, like in my little like human container, I'm responsible for like the story I tell, which creates how I'm feeling, right? Like if I'm telling a really scary story, I'm going to feel anxious. Yeah. And for my actions and my partner is also responsible. He's responsible for his story, which creates his feelings and his actions And we don't set boundaries when we get confused about that. So for him, like, I'm just like a situation that he tells a story about. And we think that we can control the story that he tells by the way that I show up. And like, we can't, we can maybe influence it. So like, you know what, even then I honestly, like, I think about the example of like, if I start yelling at him when he comes home. I actually don't know how he'll feel like he would probably, I know him well enough to know he'd probably tell a story that he did something wrong and feel bad because that's his default from yeah his patterns. Right. Someone else might be like, she's being a horrible human being and yell back at me. It's the same. Like I'm, it's still just me showing up. And if I'm yelling, right. Like, so they really get to determine. And, and that's where the boundaries come because if I can't control how he feels, and if, if I could control how he feels, like I'd control how everyone felt. Like my clients would always be happy. I'd always be happy. He'd always be wanting to work on house projects, you know? Um, we wouldn't learn very much. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true, right? It'd be kind of boring, I think. Like we think it would be like utopian, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I found that the growth is in the discomfort and in my own coaching sessions, you know, mm-hmm. those times when I'm feeling really uncomfortable, when I might be crying um, and even with some of my clients, those are like the most transformational coaching sessions for me. Yeah. Okay. I think we should talk about that. So that's like from how we interact with emotions. Cause I think people, I wouldn't have known this before. So I used to be really like, if I was crying and I was sad, it was like, I had this added judgment of like, it's horrible, right? Mm. Like this, there's something going wrong. I shouldn't be feeling anxious. I shouldn't be feeling like this. And now, like, if we don't have that judgment and we just have the feeling, like you were saying, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Like it really is like almost enjoyable, you know, like in a weird, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like growth it feels like a release like Mm. learning yeah or like release sometimes if I'm crying yeah like I I love that and I that comes from like not judging the feeling in the first place like that extra layer of like I shouldn't be feeling like this is what really and sometimes it's okay if we don't like I know with high anxiety like I don't always want the anxiety to be there like I'm a human (laughs) right it's like I'd rather not feel nervous but that extra layer of like there's something wrong with me because I feel nervous is what makes it where we're we're interacting with the emotions in a way where we're like pushing part of ourselves away I think and judging ourselves yeah definitely harder yeah and I think that often when we're growing up our emotions aren't really welcome because Mm. they're they're inconvenient and they're hard to deal with yes yeah um totally that's exactly like even as an like after all the healing I've done like sometimes interacting with my mom it's like 
oh yeah, like obviously this is where this came from, like seeing it after, right? Like as an adult. And yeah, like when we don't know, when we don't know how to manage our own emotions, we kind of put that on someone else. So Mm. what happens is like, even in the relationship, if I'm feeling really anxious and maybe my partner is pulling away because he's stressed, if I can't handle my own emotions, I don't give him the space to feel how he wants to feel. Cause I'm sort of like, you have to feel better. You have to love me. I can't handle this. You need to show that you care. And it's, it's not giving him space to maybe, you know, pull away for a little bit. Like maybe he's questioning for some reason, or maybe he's just really focused on work or whatever. So when we can't manage our own emotions, we don't allow other people to feel their emotions either. Yeah. I think for me, often my partner pulls away and my kind of go-to response, I can feel it is, is to feel rejected and and yeah. be like, well, there must be something wrong with me. And then I have to take that time to you know, breathe through it, you know, deal with that thought that, you know, it might not even consciously be in my head, but it's there somewhere that there's a sense of rejection um, yeah. and, you know, put it into perspective and then go and have a conversation after you know he's done his self-soothing separately and I've done my self-soothing and and breathing and yeah and then we're in a more balanced state for a conversation yeah and then you can actually talk right and like talk about it I find too that like sometimes because I was really really anxious before and so sometimes I actually wouldn't need to talk about it once I came down. Yeah. I found that with emotion too. Sometimes it's like, I think in the moment, the anxiety sort of tells me like anxiety is like, fix it, fix it, fix it. And then once it's gone, it's sort of like, oh, it's fine. Like not where you're ignoring something that's there. Right. But it's sometimes it's like, oh, it just, I know that was because of, he had a big thing at work. Like, I know that's why he didn't say goodbye or something, you know, like, Yeah, sure. Sometimes the story that we're making up doesn't match reality. And when we give ourselves that space, we can figure that out for ourselves without even having that conversation. But sometimes we do need to have that conversation too. Yeah, I love how you said that, that that's what it is, is like when the story doesn't match reality, because the emotion is so strong. And then when we bring the emotion down, it's like we can start, we see that. That's too, like people so often ask in relationships, it's like, well, what do I do? What do I say? And like, it there isn't an, it's not about that. It's about how are you feeling, right? Like what's going on with your emotions and not that they shouldn't be there, right? Like there are guideposts too, I think. Like you were saying, sometimes you need to have a conversation. Like if he's always pulling away or something and and it can be so loving for them too, right? To just check in and be like, oh, how are you feeling okay? Like what's going on with you? I think, I think we forget about that sometimes in relationships that Like, it's really loving for us to check in when we're noticing things. And like, that's the most loving act, I think, checking in with them. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the more that we do that with our partners, the more they see that they can do that with us as well and do it in a loving way rather than feeling like they're being accused of something or pushed to something. Yeah. That's what I love about relationships. That too is like, we kind of teach each other how to love each other better. Some like we can, we can also do the opposite where we're teaching each other how to like not feel and like your feelings aren't okay, but we can do that where like, I sort of show him that. And then as he's learning that he's showing me that, and it's like, we just keep growing. Yeah. And that's what I like too, is like, people think too, that both people need to go and get help, like go to get a coach or get a counselor. And you really don't like one person changing it really will change the dynamic of that relationship. And you'll see like either your partner will like kind of step up and learn, 
or you'll see that like, oh, it's not a fit. Like I'm wanting to grow in this way and maybe they're not, but more often than not, they'll shift. That's what I've seen. Yeah. I think for me, I went and got coaching and did my coach training. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that my partner found that really hard to see that growth in me. Because when we got together, we were very, very similar. Um, But, you know, very insecure. And as I grew and grew in my own sense of security, he felt even more insecure in that because he thought that that meant that I was going to leave him and it's you know it took a a few years to get on more stable ground again yeah oh I yeah I love that you said that too that sometimes like our changes even if they're healthy that they can feel like a threat to the relationship to for Mm. the partner and like it's so important to give that space I think with boundaries too that's one of the things is like, when we start being like, oh no, I actually don't want to be treated like this. Like I want to be, this is how I, this is what I need. This is, and we set boundaries. It's really normal for people to actually get a little bit angry or like upset because we've sort of been one way for a long time. And now they're like, what is going on? Like what? Like, it's kind of a normal reaction, a little bit of that. Right. And like that you gave it time. Like you knew it was like, this isn't a one week thing. Like this is going to take a while. Right. I really love that. So tell me what you'd like to share with our listeners now. Oh, I think, how do you fix it? So when you recognize this in yourself and you're like, I'm not like, I'm not, I knew for me, I'm like, I've just gone through too many guys. Like that sounds, but like, like really, I'm like, yeah, I think it's me, you know, like either I'm keep dating these guys that won't commit, which is part of what was happening um, or something. It's like, what, so what do you do? And we kind of talked about that a little bit with the emotions and the like self-regulation, but with the attachment style, so the anxious and avoidant, you can learn to be secure. Like you were just saying, like you actually can learn to be secure. And one of the myths, because it actually does help to have a secure partner if you're a little bit anxious or avoidant, because they'll kind of teach you. But for me, I found that like I needed to create, I needed to learn how to to come back to that, like how to be secure and how to not feel insecure. And that allowed me to then find a partner that also kind of was mostly secure too. And that I could really do that within myself instead of kind of having to rely on that outside person. I really wanted to just like, I want to feel secure. Like I don't want to have to worry they're going to leave or, or anything. Right. Like I want to just know that I love myself and like how to love myself and really letting go of that idea that we need a relationship to be happy. I think yeah. too. Okay. What's the process then? What's the process to get from feeling anxious or avoidant to feeling secure? Yeah. So for me, I needed a coach. Like it was just so like, I was so in my head and what I thought I needed. It's so easy to like read relationship advice online and we'll take it the wrong way sometimes. Right. Like some of my clients are working way too hard in their relationships and it is too much of a struggle. And then they'll read a quote that's like, Oh, relationships, you know, anything um, worth it is worth working on or something. And it's like, yes, but right. In your case, no. Right. Or like, there's always this thing in relationships to communicate more. And it's like a lot of my people need to like, no, you need to go and chill for a little bit before you keep talking. Like, where you're coming from so much anxiety that that's making it worse. We need to stop communicating Mm. so much, Um, which sounds total opposite. So I really think like having a coach and having someone outside of you that can kind of start to see those thoughts and teach you like how to kind of coach yourself. Right. And that's what you found in your. Yeah, absolutely. 
So for me, one of the biggest things that I learned that really helped me was that, okay, thoughts are what creates mm-hmm. our feelings. So he can be doing whatever he wants over here. It's really that story I'm telling that's creating this emotional mess that I'm having and not to blame myself for that. Right. But just like a thought creates a yeah. feeling and then thoughts aren't facts. So those stories seem so real so, so real, right? Like there's something wrong with me or like he's going to leave or like he should respect me more. They seem so real and we can find so much evidence Mm. for them. But when we think that thought, it creates these feelings that create this result and these actions. And those we can, it's really, really optional. That's the biggest thing for me is like, just because a thought pops into my head, I don't have to go down that train. Like I don't have to overthink it it's just a thought. It's almost like I think about my brain as like being like two people kind of right. There's like the like inner me side and then the human side. And the human side is almost like someone in a room just coming in and like telling you stuff. You don't have to believe everything you read on the internet or everything this person says. It's the same in your own brain. And for me, that's helped me so much. Like just because I think a thought, it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Like it's just like someone else coming in and saying it, having an opinion thoughts just kind of pop in yeah that was one of the biggest learnings for me you can't trust everything that you think and you use that word should in there as well and I think we hear this all the time or we say this all the time when we're talking about our relationships and and what what we think other people should do and how we think we should act and I found one of the key things is to really change that should and Take, I try and take it out of my vocabulary because I don't think it's helpful. There's no should in relationships. Um, there's nothing that my partner should do. Um, there's nothing that I really mm-hmm. should do. And it's, you know, it's a matter of what feels good. What could we do? Yeah. Yeah. And even like should just feels bad. Like, I don't think I've ever said should. And like, it just creates this like obligatory, like, obligation and like not good and yeah I love that I think that's a good place too to like you really can do whatever you want in relationships like even back like we were kind of before we had to get married like as women for financial reasons like we couldn't have money all that stuff and now it's like been a little bit and we really can do whatever Mm. we want like you could choose to not have a relationship you could choose to like have one and have two kids and like be married forever you could choose to just date like and it's you really get to choose and like um that can almost be hard like it's almost easier for our brain to be like well this is what we're supposed to do instead of really like getting to know ourselves and being like what do i want like what would be cool for me to do yeah i think because because of our upbringings as well, we often get very disconnected from our inner selves, our intuition, and it's hard to know what we do want. We've kind of been living to please other people and to be accepted and try to fit in. Yeah. So there's a sense of having to reconnect with our inner selves before before we even can figure that out. Yeah. And that too is another huge shift is like, you, if you're anxious or like you're avoidant too, you'll notice that a lot of the thoughts are like about what does that other person wants and like what's going yeah. on with them and what are they thinking? And we really want to shift it back to like, what do I want? What am, how am I feeling in this relationship? Like what? And that's where the power comes from. Like anxiety is really created by like thinking we need to control outside things and worrying that we can't control them because we can't control them. <laughs> 
right? Like we can't control what they do. But instead of coming back to like, then I feel way less anxious when it's like, oh, what do I want? So different. And like, I like, like you said too, for me, it's work actually on that. Like, it's actually hard for me to dream sometimes because I just didn't do it for so long. And like, we can kind of cultivate that. So what do you think about this idea that you need to love yourself before you can be loved? (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So I... I think that it's a process. So I think of love as a feeling in a moment. So how we talked about like the story we tell creates how we feel. It's the same with feeling love. That's one of the best ways for me to think about it is like, I feel loved in a moment when I'm thinking like, oh, I love myself. But if I just go and like, don't have relationships in my life and sit in my room I could cultivate that, but I also need to learn how to be in relationship with people. So I don't think that it's useful to think that we shouldn't date or that we just need to like go into a room and like, you know, not do things and just love ourselves first. It doesn't work like that. Um, And for me, some of the most powerful moments, like when I really felt love was from being in relationship with people and like, you know, maybe offering something that I felt shameful about and being really received and accepted. Like those are my deepest moments of love. And those moments of love really helped me learn how to do that with myself. Like it was sort of like I was doing that a little bit enough to know like, oh yeah, this is someone I can share this with. I think like it seems safe, emotionally safe. And then their response just like leveled it up even more. So I really think it's a journey rather than like love yourself, then get into the relationship. It doesn't work like that. It's like a constant back and forth, right? Um, That we're two people. Yeah. And then two feeling like this doesn't feel like love has also been useful for me, right? Like seeing, you know, sharing like a similar thing with two people and seeing the responses and like, oh, that's love. And that's not love. (laughs) Like the other one, right? So useful. Oh, can you talk to us a bit more about that? Yeah. You know, when I started, okay. So when I started, cause it's a journey. So like at different points in the journey, right. I started to realize, like, I started to respond better to myself and accept myself more. And when I was doing that in my own mind, when someone else didn't do that, I, I noticed it. And like, it wasn't personal, but I was just like, Oh, I don't want to be around this. Like, yeah, I don't want to be around this judgment or this like shame or just the negative reaction. Um, and that's where we'll kind of move away then. Right. And like, not where there's anything wrong with that person. And it's not in this way of like, got to cut them out because they're negative, but just like, oh, that doesn't feel like love. And I think that's emotional safety too. Um, one of the things I did when I was really anxious is sometimes we'll overshare to try to create connection. Um, and in, in like, maybe, you know, those overshares where they'll tell you something and you're like, why did they share that with me? Like this relationship isn't, that's not what, where did that come from? And really learning kind of how to do that. And then seeing like little bits, right? Like we share a little bit and we see their response and we share a little bit and we see their response Yeah. and then moving away when that, when it doesn't feel good. And again, that comes back to those boundaries and how much you're willing to, to share with other people and how much you're willing to accept. Um, and Uh, like you said, what doesn't feel good, that's a real sign that there's a need for boundaries to be put in place. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think when we make it about like when we can come back to ourselves and when we're speaking, the thing is we don't notice it doesn't feel good when it feels so bad in our head all Mm. the time. Like if I'm always beating myself up and thinking like, I shouldn't have done that. And then you're like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. 
I don't, it doesn't feel different because I've already been doing that to myself. Yeah. But if I've been like creating that relationship with myself where I'm like really like loving and like unconditional and accepting and like trying to help myself too, then if you say something like that, I'm like, oh no, that's about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> that yeah. Made a difference too for me. I've, well, I'm hearing a lot of um, the need for vulnerability coming up in this conversation and I think that a lot of us will kind of shut down or or put a mask on and hide certain parts of ourselves in order to try and be acceptable and loved Um, and it's really about self-protection so how do we move out of that because obviously we need to move through that to to have that true connection with someone yeah and that's like when you say that the times that I felt the most loved is when I have been sharing something that you know I wasn't loving about myself that I was feeling bad about and someone else really being like oh no you're okay like you're this is fine like you you know like um so one actually the therapeutic relationship so a coach client relationship is actually a really good place to start learning how to do that because it is really safe and like you like as coaches we're trained in not judging and in holding space and in helping know like there's a difference between like being indulgent and like there's something wrong with me and like and then also like helping you kind of move along too and like how can you help yourself um I would say honestly for me that was the big thing is is that was kind of my first really experience of like oh this is what it feels like to not be judged and to like not have someone else putting their emotions on me And then from that experience, you sort of start to create friendships like that too. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start to kind of have, or maybe in your romantic relationship too, for me, it was first in friendships. Um, So that, yeah, that's how I would do it, honestly. Yeah. I think one of the big learnings for me was feeling or, or recognizing that I was keeping myself in this kind of victim space. I really felt like I was being attacked or, you know, like, um, I was getting things wrong all the time and I realized that the way that I was thinking the way that I was talking about myself was keeping me in that space yeah totally and you know what I think like our brains like duality and so it's either like we go to victim or blame so there's either something wrong with me or something wrong with them and like that's why we would blame someone else and like or think we're a victim because the alternative to that is oh there's something wrong with me and Mm. we can't have like that's just too painful And so that, yeah, that's why someone, like you said, catching the language and so often it's really subtle that you won't catch it. And someone too, for me, like I had good, like I had friends around me that were supportive, but they weren't trained. They didn't understand relationships. Like they had just, you know, their relationship was just great and it had always been great and they'd worked on it, but like they didn't know. And I think sometimes we're using our friends, like our, our support system is meant for support it's not meant to coach us and you know that's those are different very different things yeah and we get so much advice from our friends that (laughs) it's well-meaning but not good because they're not in our shoes they don't actually know the situation they don't know us better than we know ourselves and yet often we outsource this kind of decision making to other people oh yeah and that's part of the problem like that's part of our habitual like I don't know that's my was one of my big things I don't know so I have to like ask everyone else but you Mm. know too like as a coach it's like that's our job is not like I don't tell the person what to do like I don't know if they should leave or stay but I can help them figure that out from really like an unbiased side and really helping them see like 
it sounds like you're saying this to me, what's going on here? Like what? Yeah. And just being outside of it too. Yeah. I think, I really think coaching is absolutely invaluable and just the best thing for relationships and friendships all around. (laughs) Yeah. And for me as a human, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know. I just am so grateful that I found it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Like it was hard before. And this is much easier now Now that you have the tools. Right. That's so brilliant that you stumbled across it with a completely different intention as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally to win the guy back. Yeah. Like none of this, like, Oh, self-love. It's like, no, I just want to win him back. Like, that's, and then I ended up a totally different place. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could look back and give your younger self some advice, what would you be sharing with her now? Oh, what would I tell her? You know what? I would just do, I would just be really proud that she kept trying and kept looking. Um, Because for me, it it wasn't like, oh, I have a problem. I'm going to hire a coach. It was fixed. It was years, like probably from when I was 15 to 28. Um, and just kept trying and trying and trying. And I think that's, that's the really big thing is like being willing to just like, try, like call someone, set up that appointment, see if it's a fit. And if that doesn't work, call someone else. And like, because it's just such a journey, right. And you kind of need like the different pieces, right. And you need to kind of like get feeling better and like figure out the tools and be applying them. So I would just tell her like, Oh, good job. Really? Like just, and keep going. Like you're going to figure it out. That's what she needed. When I think about myself at my worst, that's what really did keep me going is like, I was like, I know I can't live like, like, I just don't want to live like this anymore. It's too painful. I don't like this. Yeah. Not my best thought. Like, I just don't want to live like this and that you can figure it out. Like as long as you keep going. Yeah, it's having that sense of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for me, I know, you know, it was such a long journey trying to deal with the social anxiety, figure out what was happening for a start. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it took well well over a decade to get to mm-hmm. a place where I could actually, you know, comfortably speak to people. And it involved coaching and a bit of counseling and reading lots of books and taking courses. And there was so much involved in it that, you know, I think we just have to be really compassionate with ourselves and patient and allow ourselves to take small steps and learn a little bit. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go over it and we'll relearn and, and learn something deeper. Yeah, totally. And like, it's still a journey, right? But it's way yeah. easier having the tools. Like, it took me a really long time to find something that really worked for me. And that made sense. And that like, that I was like, Oh yeah, this. And then like, even then there was like, you probably had this too, where I definitely have moments. It's like cognitive dissonance where like your mind is like this new idea is so different from the old idea. Like I almost feel like I might be crazy because it's yeah. so weird and you need some of those moments. Right. And to just trust like, Yes. Like, and I think both of us, it's like, if you're on that kind of like relating to where we started and listening, it's like, you can get to that other side. And I needed someone like that was like standing on the other side being like, it's okay. Like, I know that this is scary. Maybe you're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. So what are some of your um, favorite tools to, to share with people so people can go and have a little look? Yeah. I love Byron Katie's four questions. 
she talks about like, is this true? Can I know it's true? How do I show up? She has lots of videos on YouTube. Um, that was one of my favorite. I also like Abraham Hicks stuff is a little bit woo woo for my style. I'm very logic based, um, but it's very calming. She's very like the universe is like there to protect you and like very calming. So when I was highly anxious, I would listen to that. Um, and then I like like the life coach school is where I did my coach training through and it uses the model and it's just so logic based that my brain likes that. It gets me out of the overthinking. It's like, what's your story? What's the feeling? what result does that create? And like, it's just so streamlined and logic. So it kind of depends. That's like giving yourself what you need, right? Like sometimes I just needed to feel like a hug. And sometimes it was like, you know, (laughs) no, we need to figure this out now. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram is where I have most of my stuff. So it's at relationship anxiety coach. And I have lots of videos on there and posts and yeah. Yeah. And your videos are brilliant. I recommend everyone go and check out your Instagram page (laughs) and we'll post the links on the, the show notes for this episode as well. Perfect. Oh, this has been so great. Oh, it's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember if you also feel like you need support beyond that of your friends, we do offer a supportive, free, quiet community as well as professional coaching. Head over to quietconnections.co.uk for more information. And I look forward to you joining us on the podcast again next time. Until then, stay connected.